Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. Hey, you're in my room, or the Suplex Studio, whatever we want to call this. Yeah, I didn't realize you were starting, and when you said hi, I was very surprised. <laughs> I said, I did the, the usual, let's do this, yeah. so I figured you'd be, you'd be ready and, uh, you know, able. So, this week... We played a lot of games, and I'm excited to really talk about the big one that I have been playing. Um, But I wanted to ask you if you had seen something neat that I had seen on the internet the other day. And it was that um, this guy took Episode 1 Racer, and he's been working for like almost a year on just redoing the Tatooine level on Unreal Engine 4. For episode one racer. I did see that. <laughs> it was very cool looking. Yeah, I mean, it's Anakin racing against a bunch of other Anakins, so it's not really <laughs> too much, but it still it looked very good, and I mean, it really made me want a another episode one racer or a sequel to the game or whatever. Yeah, just give us a full-fledged, full, full-fledged racer sequel. And... and you know what, maybe. Maybe have one of the people that did Need for Speed Underground do it. because the, Or need one of the Need for Speeds, because they do fine. But have EA do as little as possible to infect it. <laughs> but have the Need for Speed guys work on it. Because we know that you have to work on it, EA, if you do it. But Yeah, man, it's too bad. It's, or at least, I wonder if that game's on Steam or something, re-released, and you can download, like, High quality packs for it. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm tentatively, I want to say yes to that, but I'm not one hundo on it. Yeah. So let's talk about games that are actually out right now, and one of them is one that I'm playing, and it's Devil May Cry Five. Which, if you've listened to this podcast since E3, you know that I've been very excited for this game. Since its announcement at uh, E3 last year. And now it's here. And it's kind of hard to believe that it's here. But I got to play it this week. And I'm about halfway through it. I am not rushing. So it was difficult for me to... um, I did want to beat it so I could review it this week. But I definitely have a full review next week. I will say it's, it's not really spoilers. But you... You don't play as Dante till halfway through the game, which is kind of crazy. But you do play as Nero and V a lot, which they did come out and say multiple times in the trailers that you get to play as all three characters. Um, let me be honest, uh, playing as V is very weird in this game, Seth. And I I don't quite understand what they were going for with this experiment, and I'm not sure it worked. And I'm really excited for you to play the game because I want to get your feel on it. But it's... You're almost a Pokemon master in a weird way. Like, you are kind of a frail human, and you walk with a cane, and you control this demon panther and a demon bird. And the demon bird is your ranged attack, and the demon panther is your physical attack. But the thing is, unlike Nero and Dante, 
you don't have a sword or anything. So you're not, and you're not controlling the panther. You're just telling it what attacks to do. So it's, you're in nowhere near the same amount of control of this panther as you are your actual character, which is insane to play as because I'm like running away from demons while controlling the panther but the only type of control the panther I have is pressing triangle to attack and hoping the AI brings it closer to me while I'm moving away. <laughs> it's so complex and weird. And on one hand, it completely works in the game because in a way your combo meter racks up a lot higher faster because it's a simple way to do combos. But on the other hand, it makes you feel very disconnected from the game and sometimes when you're getting attacked, it can feel cheap because the panther is not necessarily going after animals that or demons that you want it to. And it's such a weird deal. I'm excited for you to play it because I'm, I'm going to let you borrow it when I'm done and see what you think. But um, so far, definitely don't enjoy playing as V as much as I do Nero. And it's very fun to play as Nero again because... Um, you know, he's got the ridiculous mechanics of revving up his sword like it's a motorcycle and stuff like that. Haven't got any of the ridiculous weapons we've seen Dante with in the trailers yet, like the motorcycle swords and stuff. So I'm excited for that. But it is a, it's very good and um, one of the best touches of the game, Seth, honestly, is that you are doing combos, and part of the game is they grade you on how good you do on your combos. And when you start doing good enough on your combos, that Devil Trigger song starts playing. And it <laughs> it's kind of like a weird Stockholm Syndrome now to where I love it more than anything because it means that I know that I'm doing good in the game. And the higher the combos you get, the more like red orbs you get to put into your character, and upgrade them. There is one thing in the game I want to kind of dissuade anyone new playing, dissuade anyone new that's playing it. You can buy red orbs in the PlayStation Store or the Xbox Store, and that's what's used to upgrade your characters. But please, for the love of God, do not do that. I know that they might want you to, but the game gives you more than enough red orbs to upgrade your characters. So don't buy into that. Uh, they have it as an option in case you want to just fast track all that, which I'm sure there'll be some people that will, but yeah, maybe they want a power level at the beginning. I know, but I, I haven't even paid to win. So to be fair, I haven't looked at how much the red orbs cost per dollar and stuff, but they're, what if they're a penny? I mean, that's not bad, I guess, but I don't know. There's there's a lot going on there. So, let's see. It's it's a very good game. It's a lot like the other Devil May Cries. So, if you... I mean, if you don't like those, then you're not going to like this game. But if you like them, it's going to be great. And honestly, I wanted to talk a little bit. It makes me... Uh, it makes me kind of sad to say... But actually playing a Devil May Cry again, Seth, has made me realize that uh, Bayonetta is just like Dollar General Devil May Cry. <laughs> and it, it makes me sad to say, because I know I reviewed on this podcast before, 
you know, Bayonetta 1, and I played through it, and it was entertaining, but man, is it is it not as refined as this. It's not as crisp and clean. So on the PlayStation Store, you can get 100,000 red orbs for $2. I don't know if that's good or not. Um, I guess that's not bad, but still, like, you would have to buy at least, like, you would have to spend, I would estimate... And this is just off the top of my head, maybe thirty dollars to unlock all the stuff mm. for one character. That's that's estimating. But even then, you get a lot in the game playing as the characters. And one of the best parts about this game, and I know that this happens later on, or even I think now because you can, do, I can do a mission select. You can go back and replay the levels with different characters. So that's a neat mechanic that um, I haven't messed around with yet. I've just been playing through the story. So yeah, that's that's what I've been playing. I desperately tried the other over the weekend to get a Tetris Maximus, and the highest I got was fourth, and I quit. I couldn't do it. But I got the fourth, which is the highest I've ever gotten, so I, I feel accomplished in that. So it's still not a victory, but... Whatever. Um, Seth, I imagine, uh, I, I looked, I don't want to call you out too much, but I looked at your play history on Switch, and you have played uh, Tetris 99 over 30 hours, <laughs> which is more than most of your other games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can move it. That, uh, that sounds about right. Uh, I mean, what could I say? It's, it's a very addicting game. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, I I really meant to play it a lot more this past weekend during the tournament, um, and I only ended up playing enough to get one win, uh, which was only like, I don't know, it had to be like 10 games, because uh, I looked and I, that's when I, I was getting one win average every, every 10 games, but I just, I, um, I kind of got sidetracked from doing that because, um, if you'll remember, I, actually, I don't remember if I told this story last week, I think I did, uh, about my, my efforts uh, around town to try and find Titanfall 2 to no avail. But then, uh, like, the very next day, it came, the Ultimate Edition went on sale on the Microsoft Store. And so uh, I scooped that up, uh, and all of the time that I would have been playing Tetris, I was playing Titanfall 2 multiplayer. Do you, uh, you not do the single player again? No, 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 no. Um. No, I didn't. I didn't get back into the campaign. I I I bought it purely because I wanted. I mean, I'll probably do the campaign at some point. Um, but I bought it purely because I wanted to play that multiplayer again. Um, and it's still great. Uh, it is. Um, how to say this? It's very strange how different it is from Apex. Legends, while at the same time being very similar. Um, so, like, all... For the most part, all the guns operate the same and, like, feel the same shooting. Some of them are balanced differently uh, in Apex because they're all supposed to be used as, like, primary weapons, and some of them um, in Titanfall are not really designed that way. So, um, But they all basically feel the same, but the... The actual gameplay of Apex and Titanfall 2 um, 
And it's so weird thinking about when, when when I first talked about Apex on here, I was talking about how um, despite the way it had been kind of um, toned down, it still felt similar to, to Titanfall 2. And it does, but they're also... The, the styles of gameplay are just so different. Like I didn't, I didn't realize how much of a uh, slower pace, like more deliberate game Apex is um, uh, than Titanfall. Titanfall, everything happens so fast. Yeah, you're like wall running, and like there's a there's a ton of um, really just fast paced insanity in that. Like, I mean, it's as far as what I remember. Yeah, and I don't even mean like the 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 movement is certainly um different and and the the levels are designed like that so you can get places really quickly, which is, you know, really fun. But I just mean like the way engagements work. Um like everything happens so much quicker, like you die so much qu- you die really fast in that game. Um and you respawn like immediately. And so it it changes the way you play the game like you um you can kind of be more reckless and um, more gung-ho about going after people um, and attacking um, long range because they're, the, the penalty is not really as great. Um, and, you know, that's how it is with, with, any, um, with any Battle Royale game. You, you, usually, you only have the one life for the most part. And, I mean, even in Apex, often you basically only get one or two chances. Um, but but it's it's just so weird, like the way when I am running around through Apex, like using these guns and sort of on the surface, like feeling like a Titanfall pilot running around. Uh, but then you get into like gunfight, gunfights, and it's so different. Like everything tends to happen like more long range in 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 uh, Apex. Well, yeah. Uh, because people are playing more cautiously. Like, you don't want to get into a position where you are surrounded by enemies when that's, like, all you're doing all the time in Titanfall. You're just, like, running headlong into the fray and and popping at people whenever you see them. Um, And it's just, it's very, it's weird. Like, I, because it had been so long since I played Titanfall when I first played Apex, I, I really thought they were very similar. And they are... Um, and that, like, if you load up, if you have played uh, pl- enough of Apex and you load up Titanfall, like, you'll know what all the guns do and how they shoot. Um, I mean, there are, there are guns in, in Titanfall that are not in Apex. Um, so a lot of those would be confusing. Um, but all the other stuff, like, it, it feels the same. But the way they are, like, the game around, around them, the way it's implemented, it's, it's just so different that it's really, it was, it was like one of those, like, um, weird brain uh twisting meme things um where i was just like what this is weird uh but i yeah and and i i end up spending way too much time on it um it makes me sad that they're not updating it anymore uh just because i wish there were more maps and stuff there's also i one thing i didn't know is there is like a, a four player um like what 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 is that like a, a horde mode in, oh, in the really? game now i didn't know i didn't know that existed earlier Dang. um oh man and the titans are it's just so much fun to play as uh yeah and it's also weird like guns in titanfall that i really enjoy like i pretty much all the ones that i like in titanfall i dislike in apex just because of the way um the game works around them 
Um, Hemlock though is still good. It's still pretty good in both, uh, but but it is very different. Uh, so yeah, I played that. Um, the other game that I I started this last week and I got a lot more into it um, this past week, as I said I would, uh, is wait, what was the name? Near Automata. <laughs> so I, I I put a lot more hours into that. A strange name to vaguely forget for a second. Yeah, well, you know, um, yeah, I put I put I put a, a good amount of time in that. I got through, I beat the game the first time. Now, okay, this it's sort of a misnomer. There are, the way the game works is that there are um, like 26 different endings that you can get. Uh, most of them, I think, are just like joke endings for going the wrong way down a path or ignoring a, ignoring a, an objective. Um, and I found one, one of those out early. It, it made me laugh a lot, actually. Um, but so the game, the way the game works is like you, you play through... The campaign, the first part of the campaign as 2B, who is one of the main characters, and then you beat it, and then you, it starts over at the beginning, and you play as her partner, and do basically all the same stuff. You have a couple new abilities, and there are new side quests that open, and you find out more information. Um, But it's just like a a sort of a different side of that story, and then when you finish those, it goes on to the next episode in the story, and I presume I will have to do that twice, and then there will be one more um because they're the i I read about it you have to play through it play through in air quotes like five times to get to beat the actual game but it's it's really weird that they did it that way like i i guess i understand having played the the first two pads because they wanted they needed a a way to kind of make you replay it as the other character on that different perspective but it's weird that they call them endings because, like, you beat it the first time, and again, beat it in air quotes, um, and this message pops up from, it says, like, from Square Enix, and they tell you to keep playing because the story's not over. And really, it's, you're, like, one-fifth of the way through the game. So it's it's weird, but um, it's kind of a cool little gimmick. Um, but So outside of that, uh, I, I'm still not sure how I feel about the game. Like, I... When I was f- playing through it as 2B, I was kind of unsure how much I was enjoying it. Um, when I got right. when I got to the second campaign with 9S, I, I got into it a lot more. Um, but it's just, it's, and I think this is, in te- I, oh, I'm pretty sure it's in- intentional, is the game is sort of, like it, it's, it's not like off-putting, but it kind of, it's, it's set, so the the premise of the story is that this is set like, there was, there at some point in our future, these aliens invade, um, and they uh, wage war on humanity using these machine life forms that they send to the surface who are programmed to, like, find and kill all humans, and so the humans are losing, and they move up to the moon to be safe, and they, they use this... Uh, specialized android force to go down to the surface and fight the robots. Um, and I think, I'm trying to think how long, because, so this is at least like, the game takes place like at least 10,000 years after that that war began. And so you're sort of in a, the typical kind of post-apocalyptic world. Um, and so you're in this dilapidated city and everything is overgrown and, Along with that comes like this kind of um, color scheme that is also 
I'm trying to think of the word. Um, it's it's not very vibrant. It's kind of dull. Like the colors are all muted. Right, um, gotcha. And and um, the the areas you go to are also like they're very like it's 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 large, um, but it 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 has the issues where like you're going through large spaces that there seem like there's nothing in. Um, and now this game, it, it takes a different tack as far as I've been that places start to change the, the more you get into it. So it's, it is constantly, um, changing, but, and it, and it's weird cause, so you, it takes a while for, um, the game to get in, to unlock like a fast travel. So you're often like running these long distances, like doing nothing. Um, so that was what kind of annoyed me during the first part with 2B. Um, but it's like, it, it's, I want to say like it, it kind of holds you out at arm's length. Like it's trying to be not necessarily unfriendly, but I guess it's trying, it's trying to present this world as like unwelcome, I think. And it, and it is kind of off-putting. Um, and the music in it, I, I, I can't say that the music is bad because I know that the music is trying to do a certain thing and capture this kind of sense of melancholy, but I I really dislike the music in this game. Like, it is hard for me to play through it for long periods of time, like, with the volume up. Like, yet last night I was playing, and I literally turned the music off, uh, because so in, in so many of the areas that you spend a lot of time in, the music is... Um, it has this... It, 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 it ranges on a scale from, like, a kind of disquieting sense of calm in it to uh like outright um uh uncomfortable uh it's the music is not my favorite and it i think that has done a lot toward me uh it's taken a lot away from me and it's weird because i've seen stuff on the internet like praising the music and like the direction is is good for what they're trying to do and there are some tracks that i really enjoy um and there's this cool feature, like when you're playing as 9S, he has this hacking feature, hacking ability. And when you do that, it turns all the music into like these cool, like 8-bit style remixes of the tracks. Like, um, you remember in, in uh, Mario Odyssey when he went to the 2B sections yeah, and, yeah. and the music turned 8-bit. So those are cool. And pretty much all the tracks sound good like that. But the weird kind of ambient noise and uh, nonsensical weird uh like operatic chorus like singing voices choruses it's so so would you say that the music is then probably good because it's doing its job or is it like it's such a weird line right because if the music like you said it's kind of feeling like the music's job is to make you feel the environment and feel kind of uncomfortable and like this post-apocalyptic world, like it since it's accomplishing that goal, it's like the, so. The only way in my head I can equate it, and I know you're gonna hate this, is like a bad guy wrestler. You're supposed to hate him, right? So he's doing a good job because you hate him. So like, is this music in a way doing its job? In a, or is it genuinely like 
not doing it for you, even though it's doing that. I mean, like I said, I get what it's trying to do, and I think it is it is effective at that. But I I just do not enjoy it. Gotcha. Um, the, there are parts where like I find the music uh, fine, bearable, uh, and there are some, like I said, some parts where I enjoy the music. Um, although none of none of them so far have been like memorable tunes to me. Um, it's just sort of weird, and it's and it's weird so that. It's hard for me to call this a JRPG, uh, but because it's more just a straight action game, um, but it has those sort of elements that um, that make me expect certain things from the music, and the music doesn't really deliver that. Like there, there aren't the kind of grandiose uh, themes and the upbeat music in different parts. Like it's all just very subdued um, and and very unsettling uh and melancholy in in different spots and and it's weird like there's no actual it's so weird the because the closest thing i've played um at least to the gameplay experience um recently has been kingdom hearts and you know that's all wonderful peppy upbeat music um right but there's also no like battle theme like when you get into a fight with people the music just stays in the kind of um toned down drone and it's it's just it's weird. Like, I I hope that it changes that there is more uh, beneath the surface as I continue to play the game. And it's not like it's not going to be a um like make or break. Yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna kill the game for me. Like, I'm not gonna stop playing it if the music doesn't get better. But it, it is kind of. Um, like juxtaposed against the game, which I have enjoyed, like the gameplay and the story, and I, um, having started the the sort of second part of the game, um, I am interested to see where the story goes. Um, it's, I don't know, it's it's just, it's unfortunate that that mu- the music is having that effect on me, and I don't want to play with the music off because it's not like Neo, where the music is oppressing me and making me play worse. But it is making me enjoy the game less. Um, uh, but the I, I've talked a lot about too much about the music. The gameplay is actually really fun. I really enjoy um, flying around and being a, a deadly combat robot with um, samurai swords for some reason. Um, yeah, I, I that that stuff I'm I, I'm finding really cool. And like the the world building that they've they've set up. Uh, there's some interesting stuff going on I'm, I'm interested to see like where like philosophically where the story goes because um, you know it's it's about robots fighting robots and there's a lot of um, questions about what you know like what is a person and what makes I don't know like w- what drives people and and there's a lot of different philosophical questions going on with these robots um, so I I'm interested uh, I'm excited to see where it goes uh, and yeah that's uh, what I have been doing with Nier Automata. Cool. Um, so we will take this quick time between what we played and the news to tell you about the GoFundMe, which is on all of our social media, uh, basically to get us support um, and hosting for the entire year. If you could donate to that, that'd be super appreciative. All the money goes to help the show None of it um, goes into our pockets. What we'll do is whenever we, like if we can clear this up 
this will give us the ability to put money elsewhere into like stickers, um, other merch, stuff like that. Um, and if you donate to it, I forgot to say this last week, but it does say it in the posts. If you donate to it and send us your address, we will send you a sticker. Um, I have a new shipment of some stickers coming in with our logo on it, um, coming in the mail next week. So make sure to do that and we will send you a sticker or two, um, so that you can show it off to your friends or put it on your laptop or whatever. I have one or two on my Chromebook. So, um, the, I use that thing everywhere cause it's so light and easy to carry around. Um, so with that, uh, we thank you and we hope you share the episodes with your friends and, um, even if, honestly, even if you're just listening, that's enough support and we appreciate it. Um, we just want to kind of do some neat things with the show and, um, we, we did get some feedback about the Patreon and people asking about that and that will come back in, um, in the near future whenever we can actually get, um, some more hammered out and clear, um, stretch goals and stuff like that for, uh, actual subscribers to that. So we appreciate the questions about that also. Um, and with that, we are moving on to the news. Hopefully us moving the mic a little bit isn't creating too much of a distraction. Um, I'm going to go into and see, but, um, with that, let's talk about the inside Xbox that happened this week, which is a weird thing to call it because, these have been happening for the past like four or five months and no one really knows what they are because they're very low key. But this one had some pretty big announcements and teases in it, Seth. Um, I know you didn't watch it. I asked you about it earlier, but you know the biggest news that came out of it. And that is that Master Chief Collection is coming to PC, which means... All of the Halos coming to PC for the first time, except for Combat Evolved. Combat Evolved came to PC, but right. I, I thought you were saying that Combat Evolved was not in the Master Chief. No, collection no, no. On PC. That I was, was very maybe. confused. <laughs> no, it's going to be in the Master Chief Collection. Um, also, I'm pretty sure that we called this last week when I uh, or I did. I don't know. I'm pretty sure if we at least talked about this off mic, so I might I might be um, just uh, blowing smoke. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that we called the fact that Halo Reach was going to be involved. We so I'm I'm also pretty sure. I think we said that on the air. I would have yeah, to go back. I, and listen. I know that we talked about it off air, but we I don't know that we said it on air. I I think if not that, I definitely think it might have been in our predictions for the year that Halo Reach was going to be added somehow to the Master Chief Collection, and it's so, about. Dang time. I know. That's Halo. Finally, we can play it again. So frustratingly, I will say, Seth, if you are not a Game Pass subscriber, you have to pay to get the Halo Reach. Um, you have to pay to get the Halo Reach story mode on Master Chief Collection if you don't have Game Pass. It's uh, they, they didn't say how much it was, but it'll probably be like 10 or 15 bucks. And if you like the multiplayer will be free but the the story will cost money. But on PC, it's going to be bundled in with the price of the Master Chief Collection. Now, there is a weird thing about this release, guys, um, guys and girls that are excited. They are releasing the games in a staggered, uh, like, based-on-the-story order. 
So Reach will be the first game coming out, and they're going to release. They didn't give a timetable for when this is going to happen, but it's just happening later this year. Um, probably going to be, I would bet, a available now type of thing at E3, possibly. But it's going to be like released in story orders on PC. So Recon will be out, and then a little bit later, Halo 1 will be out, and then Halo 2. Uh, I, I have a lot of friends that are really excited about this, Seth. And I am too, seeing as I have a gaming PC now, and I feel like the community is really going to be there on PC um, to play these games. Whereas on Xbox, it's really dropped off. And I'm excited because I love playing Halo multiplayer. It's one of my favorite things. That's because I'm actually pretty good at it. And I'm excited. And I'm excited to play Reach again in 60 frames per second, 4K, oh, yeah. all that good stuff. I'm definitely excited to go back and play Reach again and cry. The, the best Halo game and the most emotional one for sure. So... Very, very exciting. Um, they also announced that this inside Xbox, Seth, that Minecraft is coming to Game Pass on April 4th. And they announced a new One Piece game, which they, so, the creators of it came out and said, you don't have to know anything about One Piece to enjoy this game, which is good. It's an, it's an original story. Also, it looks a lot like the Naruto game. That was out on the Xbox 360. There was... I have no idea. So there's a Naruto game that was open world. And I knew nothing about Naruto. But it was like $8 on sale one day. And I bought it just on a whim. And it was so much fun. Is this the... This is the One Piece game where you can like swing around with Luffy's stretchy arms like Spider-Man? Yes. That is, this is precisely that game. Yeah, I've seen video. This looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks really cool, and it looks weird. And you don't need to know anything about One Piece, which is a, like, thousand-episode anime that is impossible to catch up on. So there's that. One Piece World Seeker is what it's called. Yeah. Um, also at Xbox, Inside Xbox, they did not show the all-digital Xbox like some people thought they would. But they did tease more. Um, they did tease that they're going to be doing public trials this year with um, Project X Cloud. They showed a live demo of it. I'm not entirely sure how believable that live demo was, but of a like sh this girl was streaming um, Forza to her phone and using her Xbox controller to play it on her phone. Well, they did that at E3. Um, again, who knows how good it works, but I think, I think it'll work. It makes you wonder if xCloud is going to be coming to the Switch. I mean, we talked about that a lot I in know. the previous we, episode. We talked about that, but they really were hammering home that they want xCloud to be on everything during this little inside Xbox thing. So yeah, it's going to be there. So it'll it'll be interesting, and it'll make sense as to why Xbox Live will be on the Switch. I can't wait to play Halo Reach on my Switch. <laughs> yeah, uh, that might be a little too far ahead of a jump, but I'm I'm here for it. I'm I'm with that kind of positivity. 
So was there uh, was there any news, Seth, that you saw that you want to bring up? There certainly was. Um, there's a lot that a lot happened yesterday, actually. Well, yesterday being Wednesday, uh, as we are recording this on a Thursday. Um, one very exciting thing was that what's his face? What is that dude's name? Tweeted uh, the picture. God, what's that dude's name? The Gearbox guy. <laughs> I, I, Randy Pitchford. Yeah, Randy I Pitchford. Made, I made a joke about him last week, and I. Randy Pitchford tweeted out this picture, um, of, it's, it's a billboard. Uh, yeah. But it's in the Borderlands style, and it it had uh, it was like an exit sign, actually, not a billboard, like an exit sign on a highway that said uh, uh Boston, and there's some other stuff, uh, and they had they had a date. Uh, for packs, uh, and so written in blood. Yeah, so we are. Um, I, I wait with bated breath to see what they have to reveal. What Gearbox has revealed, uh, packs East on March twenty eighth. But it's gonna be Borderlands three. It's finally time, baby. We're going back to Pandora and maybe even into space. Uh, if you remember the ending of uh, Borderlands two, uh, I'm excited yeah. for it. It's it's so crazy because we we talked so much last week about what Borderlands three could be, and I do want to say Seth not to toot our own horn, but I listened to a couple other podcasts that record the same night as we do, which is tonight, and I was listening to them and they said a lot of the same things we did. So I'm hoping that with a lot of people thinking this way, maybe the positive energies out there will lead this to be the great game that we hope it can be. And it will um, be. It's it's also... Awesome. I mean, I, it, the game could fall below our expectations and still be a great game. That's very true. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely nice to not have to guess a little bit. Because if you remember last week, we... W- there's a, there were some doubts, of course, that what they were teasing was going to actually be anything Borderlands related. And so... This was a little bit of nice validation that it's at least going to be Borderlands related. Hopefully, Borderlands 3. Not Tales from the Borderlands 2 or something. Look, Tales from the Borderlands was awesome. And I would I would go, like, I would be sad if that's what they announced. But I would also be very excited <laughs> because I love those games and those characters. And I, I will tell you, I the one thing that Gearbox could do to tick me off and make me not like Borderlands 3 is to not have those characters in them. Oh. All right. Because that ending is canonical. As as sad as it is that What's-His-Face got blasted into oblivion in it, the catch-a-ride guy. Oh, no. He died. What's his name? Like, Scooter? Yeah. Yeah, so he won't be in the game. Catch-a-ride. But, yeah, I think they all need to be in them. I mean, in some of the... Some of the characters were characters from the Borderlands too, so I hope they're all in there. Not they don't have to be playable, but I want them to be playable. Uh, give them all to me. <laughs> um. So with that, we also had a couple other things. Um. There is a new Octopath Traveler game console game announced to be in production, which. Um, in my opinion, is kind of a bummer. I kind of hope that studio was doing something different, or at least, I don't know, maybe it could be better and change the battle system and everything, but who knows? I just don't want another random battle game. 
but that's me. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure the battle system was what a lot of people liked about it, so I don't imagine that they would so, change so it. So the battle system, that was my bad. The battle system was fun. Um, the random, the, I can't remember the name of the system now, like just randomly generated battles, mm. like out of nowhere. Yeah. That's, that's not as fun. So, especially when you're having to just go through areas where you're blowing through everything. Um, it just takes a lot of time for no reason. True, true. Um, and they announced a mobile prequel that'll be coming out, which I don't understand what it will be prequeling because each story was a, like it was an individual story. So maybe it'll be a prequel to one character. Maybe it'll be a prequel to eight of them. Uh, who knows? But you played through their prequels basically in the game because you set up their story in each of their prologue chapters. So, what do you think the odds are that the prequel is called Septopath Traveler and the sequel called Nonopath Nono- Traveler? I I would like that, but it would make sense for Octopath because Final Fantasy VIII was bad, and so it would make sense. Excuse you. <laughs> It would make sense that Nanopath would probably be great and Nine would be great. Oh, my God. And that explains why Octopath was not that good. Oh, Lord. So, I mean, if you want to go that route. Final Fantasy VIII <laughs> is so much better than Nine. Well. And also I mean, every other that, Final Fantasy game. Tell that to Square Enix, because I'll get to play Seven in a week or two and Ten in a week or two. Well, but Square Enix not, can suck it. Not Eight. So They also failed to make Versus Thirteen. So, oh yeah, screw them. That that's because Nomura took so long. We can't. That's a whole nother podcast. The the possibilities to that game. Yeah, well, whatever. Final Fantasy VIII deserves more respect. <laughs> oh man, so that Ultimania got translated, and right, Kingdom was, Hearts Ultimania. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts Ultimania got translated, and I was listening to our friends over at the Ansem Report. They went through the Ultimania translation of the. Um, Tetsuya Nomura interview which uh, go listen to their podcast it's great it's all about Kingdom Hearts we could dedicate full episodes of Kingdom Hearts still if we wanted to but we try not to inundate you guys with stuff it would just be too much but they <laughs> it was so funny because Nomura was like kind of dodging that Verum Rex was basically versus 13 and it's like no dude you cannot like you can say it's not, but it Yeah. The music uh, and he, everything looks too close. It looks too close. We know what's really going on. Yeah. You're bitter and it's okay. We're happy it's being made. So you're fine. But let's talk about this other thing that's happening because GDC is coming up this week. Yes. Big news. Um uh, uh, usually it's not a huge... Well, I guess it is a huge game thing because it's the Game Developers Conference. But usually not a huge Google thing. Uh, but they um, publicly announced on their Twitter that they are going to... Um, what do they call it? They're, they're, they're holding an event for like the future of gaming or something. Yeah, it's, it's very bold to say, but it was the future of gaming, I'm yeah. pretty sure. So there have been rumors swirling for a while that Google is going is getting into the console game, um, and it appears they are ready to unveil what they have at the Game Developers Conference on March 19th. Uh, 
that's like next week, I guess. Um, uh, and so we'll see. Uh, next week on Tuesday. Yeah, a mock-up. I saw a mock-up of like one of the proposed prototypes of their controllers, and it looked dumb. Well, it, it was, looked like it the was, Ouya controller. So I, IGN found that to be fake. They they actually found out that that was a fake design. Well, good because yeah, it, it was it was bad. Um, but it's so apparently Google has been experimenting with streaming. Um, I can't remember which Assassin's Creed it was, but it was Odyssey. It was uh, you can stream that in browser and stuff like that. So they they've definitely been trying to do stuff, but now it seems like they're getting really serious about it because they have. Um, publicly hired someone from gaming in their vice president role, and that is Jade Raymond, who was the founder of Motive and Ubisoft Toronto. Um, and so they've hired this gaming... Um, what's the word? Uh, you know, executive. this gaming executive um, to be their VP of Google. Like, not just... Any branch, just of Google. Oh, yeah, probably not of the entire company, but the VP of whatever this gaming project is. Yeah. Well, it's it that the... I wish I had the Kotaku article open, because it, it did just say Google. I was very surprised. Um, so she was the executive producer on Assassin's Creed 2, Watch Dogs, and Splinter Cell Blacklist, which... If you go back and think, those all were pretty solid games um, and great games to some. Seth loves Watch Dogs. Um, so, yes, I do, and I also hate it. So we will see what happens. March 19th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you, Google, for doing it so we can talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. So. Also, uh, an interesting thing is there uh, apparently um, Google has contracted with Sega to produce some uh, exclusive games for their platform. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. Nice. Um, so the the last piece of news we have also came from Twitter, uh, from Nebelian on there. Um, I love, well, he's I a great follow. I believe it initially came from Reddit. Oh, yeah, but he he tweeted it, and I didn't go to the thread. Right, so that's I mean, that's bad. just where you found it. <laughs> Um, but the battle pass for Apex Legends leaked. Yeah, so it's sort of, I guess a leak is technically what it was. Uh, it, what happened was, um, Respawn accidentally made, posted the, um, the store page. They, they made it, they had it live on the EA store, um, for their, the battle pass season one. And, um, it showed off the new character, octane that is going to be brought to the game and there was some stuff about you know challenges and new guns and i guess it it was removed pretty quickly because they're not they're not ready for the for the battle pass to come out though uh unfortunately like oh there was a lot of a lot of people talking that it was going to come out um but they uh eventually released a statement saying that 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 said the battle pass is close, but it's not coming out today, which was Wednesday, which was unfortunate because I was I was very hyped to play it. Um, but also, there was a, a a data mine of sorts of the game. Um, of I didn't see what all the data mine was, but there was a lot of like characters that there was ten yeah, there's ten potential dude. characters that could be coming to the game. Um, and respawn also said a lot of that stuff. Uh, you know, some of that stuff is is. 
uh, cut content um, and stuff that they're working on. So none of it is... It's not like they're sitting on 10 ready characters to put into the game. Um, but... So yeah, it's, it's it's nothing came of it, unfortunately. So we're still waiting for that uh, battle pass to come out. But that is uh, some... It was some fun little Apex news yesterday that had people talking about it. I, I still feel like every time there's a big data mine like this and the company says... Um, don't trust it because none of that stuff is finished or whatever. All of that stuff still kind of comes out one way or another later on. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but it it just seems like... I know that they have to, you know, try to throw off the scent. But it... I don't know. I mean, that I'm not expecting them to drop all 10 characters because people found them. I'm just saying, like... On a level, you got kind of just be like, well, you got me. Like, <laughs> but oh well. I mean, I, I'm still excited. 10 characters is a lot. I didn't expect that many. I mean, who knows the, the rollout for that? But um, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see the shape that Apex Legends takes here in the next month or so after that battle pass comes out. So, yeah. And so, if, if you read anything about this Octane character, it's supposed to have what is essentially the stim ability from, from Titanfall 2. Uh, and that will basically move them past any of the, uh, the, the pilot kits that, the, that you had in Titanfall 2. So, everything beyond that would be kind of brand new. And I mean, there's still some stuff they could pull from, but, um, but that, yeah, that's, uh, that's, um, anything beyond that would be new ground that they're, that they're treading. Yeah, which is exciting. Um, so with that, it doesn't look like we have any more news. Seth, did you have anything else? No. No. <laughs> so once again, we appreciate you guys, and thank you for listening. Whether it's your spring break or it's not and next week is or whatever, we appreciate you spending your time with us, and we will see you next week. Adios. Bye.